Welcome to You Do What? with Chris Ansoff. Have you ever wondered what kind of jobs or careers are out there? Or have you met individuals that have like really interesting jobs and you wonder how they ended up with that job or that career? Well, in this podcast, I'm going to interview folks and find out what their current career or job is and then find out how they got there. So let's meet Stuart. What do you do now? I am a local news TV producer in Kansas City at uh, Channel 4, Fox 4 News in Kansas City. Wow. And how did you end up working for that position? Um, Honestly, it was probably the uh, least surprising turn of events because it was something TV, something I've wanted to do since high school. I studied in college and really it was just kind of a natural career path that honestly I felt almost locked in at an early age where I was like, all right, you know, there's... I want to work in TV somehow, and I landed as a producer here in Kansas City. Okay, so um, from that, you were saying when you were in high school, this was actually a job you were looking at, being a producer or just being being a Yeah, the producer thing, not necessarily producer. Um, I was very fortunate, uh, privileged, you could say, to have a high school with a nice TV station, a very good TV station. We were the public access channel for our suburb, Germantown Community Television. And so starting my sophomore year, actually freshman year, I started running cameras for our live shows we used to do. And then from there, through the curriculum at Germantown High School, I was able to basically get more involved in our TV program, um, where by my senior year, three of my six periods of every day were devoted to the TV station. Wow. That was, you know, and I mean, I consider myself very lucky to be able to do that. A lot of those I mean, my coworkers or I guess classmates went on to work in TV and uh, it was wonderful having an experience there in Germantown. And basically after high school, I was looking at a short list of colleges that had a better TV program than my high school, University of Miami, Southern Illinois and Carbondale and Missouri. I mean, Northwestern Arizona, there are some other colleges, but Missouri was kind of in the sweet spot of not too far away from home. And they have an awesome program there and I was able to enjoy it. Awesome. So did you, it was always being sort of the producer focus or did you ever think, well, I want to be in front of the camera doing news or, I mean, what gravitated you to sort of the producer spot? Well, I was for sure exposed to a lot of different sides of the TV business because I was in it in high school and college. Um, Started off behind the camera. Videography was fun. I would, you know, shoot and edit stories. And I want to do more of that now, honestly, because as a producer, I don't get behind the camera enough. Um, In high school, we had our school announcements on the TV. And I was one of the, you know, anchors, so to speak. Uh, And so that was fine. Um, But then getting into college, I started thinking much more seriously about, okay, these are the actual careers. And this is what it would look like if you were to take this, this, this path. Um, in local news in particular, which is what we were trying, training in, in uh, at Missouri, um, the on-camera aspect is not glamorous at all. Uh, you have, you know, these hard daily deadlines. When you're right out of college, you are criminally underpaid, like, you know, $20,000, $22,000 a year, where people, wow. like, people even at Kansas, here in Kansas City, a fairly large-sized market, we had some reporters working second jobs because they weren't getting paid enough money. And the TV industry is shrinking. We can talk more about that later. So I, I wanted to look at a job that I felt like I could actually kind of like not stress myself out way too much. Um, so having done some on-air stuff in high school and even in college, um, 
I started training to be a producer because um, the daily deadlines of being a reporter, of going out and not sure if, you know, is this guy going to talk to you? Can I turn this story today? It's very, very stressful. Producer is stressful as well, but at least I understand that, okay, most days I'm going to be coming and sitting on a computer dealing with very similar workflow. Um, even if the news is going to be different, my day, I can imagine, is going to be very similar. So that kind of helped me stress-wise and pay-wise is much better. I mean, there are a surprising amount of people, even though there's this you know, very low salary at the beginning, a surprising amount of people still want to be on TV. Some of it's just for glamour. Some of it's a lot of it's not. A lot of it's actual people want to be storytellers. They want to do good in their community or whatever. Um, but I forgot where I was going with that. My, uh, my being a producer basically was a lot, uh, a lot more secure to me. And, oh, because a lot of the competition level, that's where I was going with it. the competition on the on air side is insane. Um, you could be a very good producer and end up in, you know, or no, sorry, a very good reporter and end up in these very tiny markets and you're expected to work your way up. Um, and I remember my, one of my professors in college told me, you know, if you're a producer and you're competent, you could write your name in crayon, say, I produce, and then fax it to a, a TV station. And they might hire you because they need producers. There's, there's not that many people doing it. And I, I, that is my experience. I've moved on Kansas City was my first uh, TV job out of college. And that's not a market move a lot of people make on air. So what do you do as a producer just in general? And not, you don't have to get nitty gritty, but kind of what, if someone's looking to be a producer, I, I don't know exactly what that means, to be honest. <laughs> Very common question. And it's honestly defined differently depending on what newsroom you're in, if you're doing a national news thing, if you're a producer there. But at my local news station, a producer is, sometimes there's the label added to it, a show producer, where you are in charge of a show. Um, and you, we're talking about, Fox 4 News at 5, Fox 4 News at 6, you're in charge of the 6 o'clock news, the 5 o'clock news. I am on the night side end in charge of typically Fox 4 News at 10. There is a 9 o'clock newscast, and depending on how the schedule shifts, I might be in charge of 9 or 10 on a given day. But um, my day starts around 2 p.m. We come in for our afternoon assignment meeting. We go over what's already happened in the day, what the 5 and 6 o'clock shows we think are going to look like. Uh, we have a meeting, and basically, I am, I have I am one of many people who has their hand on the wheel, kind of directing what we're going to be doing with our newscast that night. Um, I have a say. I am not the say. Okay. Once we determine, you know, what our content's going to be, we have you know a team of reporters, what they're going to go cover. The next question is, okay, what other important news is there that our reporters are not covering? And that's usually left to a producer to figure out, okay, how can we tell this? Do we need to get a phone interview? Do we need to send another cameraman to go uh, get that interview? I need. I do a lot of writing, a lot, a lot of writing. Um, and from there, it's video selection, uh, show crafting, where, okay, is it just going to be a camera, camera on an anchor sitting behind a desk, and then you toss out to somebody in the field? Or do you want to, you know, produce it up, as we say, where, okay, let's, do a little jib shot on some video in the monitor and swing it over here to show some other stuff. So um, there's a lot other tiny, minute things to do, but it's really just planning a show that goes on every day. Wow. So what aspects do you like and what do you not like? For sure, the thing that's keeping me in TV news is the feeling, and it's not always the truth, the feeling that I am doing good in the community. I am, I'm actually influencing something in a positive way. Um, whether that's being, whether that's telling an important story, 
or highlighting somebody that's doing good and maybe being an inspiration or something like that. I feel as though I have a bigger influence in the community than some other office jobs. Even though I do work in an office, it's a newsroom kind of setting, but I feel like I'm doing good, so to speak. Um, that's not always true. I mean, sometimes you'll go and the news is just, you know, it's depressing or it's a crime and you're not necessarily telling it in a great way. You're just kind of like, ugh. But that's the other good thing about news is that you had a bad day, you come in the next day and you have a clean slate to kind of start it over again. Um, the live aspect is also thrilling because nine hours or eight hours of my day is planning a show. And then for another hour, right at the end, I'm live on, or I'm not live, but the show is live on TV. I'm in the control room. Um, I've got a headset on. And if you ever see an anchor, you know, talking to a voice in their ear, I am the voice in their ear kind of doing managing or whatever. Um, and that's kind of just thrilling. My, my heart, my heart doesn't race like that any other time in my life, except for like when I'm in a newsroom, it's, it's, or in, in the control room rather it's, it's, it's thrilling really. That actually sounds really cool. Um, is there anything you don't like? about it plenty honestly um the i mentioned this earlier the industry tv news industry itself is shrinking um there are on like literally fewer stations every year because some of them just shut down um we're kind of following in the footsteps of local newspapers in that way mm-hmm. uh, and so that is as a you know 29 going on 30 year old guy i have to think really seriously about in 30 years from now my job isn't going to look anything like it does now. Although I guess you could say that's true for a lot of different industries. Mm-hmm. However, um, right now we are kind of in this swing to digital age where our newsroom is not, but some, and I think many newsrooms should be digital first where, you know, people aren't necessarily sitting down at five and six to get their news. They're getting it all the time every day through their phone or online. And so I think that's kind of the shift and it's actually not really where my skill set is right now. So that's kind of nervous, uh, nervous for me where like I need to be able to shift what my expectations at work are where, you know, I might not be always producing a newscast to go on TV every night at 10 PM. Um, Other than that, it's very, very stressful. Um, The deadlines alone, like if, if I'm ready or not, Fox or news at 10 starts at 10 (laughs) o'clock. Like, like I got to be ready. Um, and if you're not ready, then you have to have a plan B or C or you just bite the bullet and you have a really bad show. Um, that thankfully doesn't happen because there's a whole support system of like, okay, if that's not happening, let's do this X, Y, or Z. But the stress can be very bad. I mean, I've honestly heard, um, anti-anxiety drugs, uh, be called news candy in our newsroom because so many people, uh, I, there, I actually working here in Kansas city, there was a time when I wanted to go see if, I mean, I occasionally see a therapist, but I was prescribed and I, I thought, man, I didn't like the way it made me feel. So I got off those drugs, but the, the stress honestly is insane sometimes. Um, so the stress, the shrinking industry, and those are really the main two. Sometimes there's like, um, it, it depends on the newsroom you work in, uh, but there's kind of like egos, competition. You can imagine, yeah. I mean, some of, some of what you might imagine is overblown because really we can get along quite well, but um, when everybody has their own deadline, it can kind of get tense sometimes in a newsroom. So that's not so awesome. But honestly, the positives that I highlighted, the thrill of being live on TV and the idea that I'm doing good in the community are enough to keep me in it for now, at least. Okay. And <clears throat> so if someone's looking to do that, what sort of skills, I mean, it sounds like obviously dealing with, uh, pressure, <laughs> yes. but I mean, sort of skills and personality do you think are plus for a job of like producer? 
for producer in particular, you have to write well. Um, you have to be, and that's writing for TV is different from writing for anything else, which is kind of difficult for people to get into because when you're listening to TV, you can't go back and reread it. You have to write in a way that it is clear the first time. Um, so strong writing skills is something that can be trained. Um, but honestly, I've seen producers come up where they start working as a floor director or a camera operator in our, uh, in our studio. And after enough time, they get an understanding of what the news is like and what each script looks like and how the shows are built that they say, you know what, you know, I'm not, maybe it's a career, it is a career move for them. They're like, I'm not making enough money on the floor out here. I want to be a producer. And so I've seen absolutely a couple of producers here at Fox 4 now are former camera ops who just have, you know, a, an interest in news. And that's the other thing is that you can't, you can't be unplugged. I mean, and then that's, I guess I could mention that that's one of the negative things is that I always have to be tuned in to what's going on. Like it's, it's very difficult to unplug. And so if, if you've never watched the news or you rarely watch the news or you don't have an interest in it, obviously I would say don't be a TV news producer because <laughs> you really need to be tuned into stuff that you're not even interested in. You know I mean, right. you could care less about, uh, you know, economic development in downtown Kansas city, but you don't want to miss the big story when there's, you know, a battle over the financial incentives. So you need to be very tuned in, plugged in. You need to write well, and you cannot be passive if that makes sense. You have, I guess, to use an overused phrase, you have to be a go-getter. You have to attack things, really. Okay. So I happen to know that you did have a couple of years where you were not doing a producer. Yeah. So I, one of the questions I usually like to ask is, you know, if you've changed careers and how difficult it was to change. I don't know that you really changed. I felt like you kind of took some time away, mm -hmm. but how was that in sort of one, cause you, to, to help the audience, I uh, happen to know you went and, and taught English, I think it was Korea and China. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Um, this is an experience. Uh, and, and again, a very fortunate opportunity. I had a privileged opportunity at the university of Missouri where um, it was literally like my late, late of the first semester of my senior year. So about to start my last semester of college. Um, and I was honestly kind of dreading immediately starting my career. Cause I mean, I, I think a lot of people kind of have that feeling of, Oh man, it's no more school for me. My real life begins now, which is a weird way to think about it. But, but a lot um, of people think that way. Yeah, for sure. And I had already been doing TV in high school for three years in college for four years. And I had, you know, several years behind me of like, man, and I was lucky to have professors. A, I was lucky to have an opportunity because the University of Missouri has uh, an international studies program with all these connections around the globe. And so I had known an upperclassman who uh, had been a camp counselor at an English camp in Korea for a summer, for a couple months. And I was like, all right, that seems kind of cool. Um, and I had been talking and I talked to him and I went into the international studies program. And they're like, why settle for two months for camp counselor? We'll send you there for six months and we'll pay you to do it. Um, and you can earn college credit. And I was like, well, I, mean, I already got my <laughs> figured out, but the money sounds nice. Um, and I talked, I was lucky, A, I was lucky to have the opportunity. B, I was lucky to have college professors who had, you know, been in the industry for decades themselves. And I was, you know, had a good relationship with them. And I talked to them about it. And they're like, they backed up my idea of like, you know, hey, you'll have plenty of time in your life to go work on your career. You will not have opportunities like this later in your life. And so, I was fortunate enough to be an English teacher at what started as a six month contract, um, extended into a year contract in South Korea, teaching through 
what I don't, I'm not sure it even exists anymore because they might have gotten rid of the program. They called it Talk, Teach and Learn in Korea. That was through their national ministry or national educate or educational ministry. And then from there moved to China because I wanted to actually follow a girl, a woman I thought I was going to marry at the time. Uh, long story there, not going to get into it, but followed <laughs> her to China and uh, taught English there for a year. And there was absolutely times in those two years where I was like, you know, I could live overseas and teach English for a, a long time, for the rest of my life if I wanted to. Or maybe I want to come back to America and be a teacher. My mother was a teacher. I like teaching. It kind of feels, I mean, I, I like teaching when I was there overseas at least. But after, um, I mean, after about, you know, a year and a half, I realized, you know, I spent my time training in TV. I spent my money uh, training in TV. And I would be, it would be weird to throw, throw that degree away. It was what I kept telling myself. And I don't know if that's necessarily the best way to put it, but I felt as if I had just abandoned TV, I would be, I would be wasting those years of my life, which aren't necessarily, it's not necessarily a bad thing to do if you're not happy with it. But I came back to this idea that, okay, I want to use my degree. And so I also came back to this idea that if you want to use your degree, you shouldn't spend more than two years away from the industry because then you're just like really kind of uh, playing catch up. And so I was very fortunate to be able to, um, again, very fortunate to be able to end my second year teaching English overseas, come back to Missouri. And while not a student, they need producers at that TV station that the university runs. And we didn't mention this. This was this is a Channel 8. So this is the local news NBC affiliate for Mid-Missouri. So it's staffed by students. Um, they were fort I was fortunate enough that they needed producers so badly that after I was uh, done with teaching English, I was able to come home. Um, produced there for a summer while I worked on my resume reel and got a job in Kansas City after uh, working there for a couple months. Wow. So it really, in that sense, it wasn't too difficult to, to get, as you're saying, there was a lot of demand for, for producers. So that, does that feel like that kind of helped too? Or Absolutely. Um, on, this is to, this, to speak to that, I mean, A, the demand is there. B, very fortunate to have the network at Missouri. Um, I think it's kind of a dumb phrase. They call it the Mizzou Mafia because they're, they, they do crank out so many people in local news. You go to any market in the city, in the country, there's going to be somebody from Missouri working in one of the newsrooms, if not a lot of people from Missouri working in the newsrooms. And so I had applied for a job in Oklahoma City, drove down there um, and, you know, interviewed. And I had also been, ta been talking with professors and stuff at Missouri. And I think... One of them must have slipped my name or my resume website. It's not there anymore. I used to have StuartDowning.com, um, and they, I, I got a, I got a, on my website there was like a little form that says, "Hey, contact me," and I, no one had ever used it except for the news director in Kansas City, who I just got an email saying, "Hey, this is Tracy Brogdonelli. Would you like to blah blah blah?" And I called her, and she said, "Yeah, let's set up an interview." And basically, because I. I didn't even apply for this job. He called me to see if I wanted to do it. And um, I interviewed there and was able to compare the two offers between Oklahoma City and Kansas City. The Kansas City one was much better and took that job. And there, I mean, TV news producers mostly are on a contract basis. There are some that are on a, you know, an hourly basis, but um, I signed a three-year contract. I re-signed a two-year contract. And now my two-year contract's coming up in October and I'm weighing my options. Awesome. So sort of to finish up, sort of what things do you think you've learned along the way about, you know, your 
I guess just getting employment or work or about yourself and, and doing work? I know it's kind of a nebulous question, but. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel as though, I mean, this is kind of a totally different conversation that we don't need to spend a lot of time on, but I have benefited from privilege in a big way. Um, uh, young white guy from the suburbs of Memphis where I went to a nice public school with a nice program with good teachers to lead me. I was able to go to a nicer college with great professors, with great opportunities. And I was just very fortunate to have all of these things and like very, very few obstacles in my way, frankly. And so when the opportunities came, I took them. And so that is, that is what I was really able to do. And I, that's easy to say because like, okay, yeah, sure. The opportunities are there. I took them. Not everyone gets those opportunities. And I feel very fortunate in that way. Um, the other thing I can say is that developing a relationship with teachers and professors has been very good, uh, very helpful to me. I mean, I still keep in contact with a couple of them. If I need to change a job in the near future, I can still contact them and say, hey, do you know of any news directors that are hiring and stuff like that? So um, I guess that's a form, that is a form of networking for sure, especially yeah. in college. Um, so that's helpful. I mean, more than helpful. That's huge. And from there, um, I would say, think, yeah, that's, this almost sounds like dumb advice. Think very seriously about the career you have or the, what the career is going to look like. Because I was worried about, uh, not worried, but thinking about TV careers late high school, early college. And I was able to basically kind of set the tracks then and have been going on those tracks ever since, except those two years where I just kind of pressed pause and went overseas to make sure I wanted to be on those tracks. And since then, I have been following. Okay, real quick, you mentioned that you had these opportunities that appear. I mean, there's people who won't take those opportunities. It had to take a little bit of like, yeah, okay, I'm going to try this. And and do you felt like you were able to do that because of the support you had in, in the, the support system? It made it easier to, to jump on those opportunities? Absolutely. Um, and perhaps I, I don't want to, you know, toot Mizzou's horn too much, but it was University of Missouri Journalism School really felt like, okay, no matter what, I can I can come back here and I have people who support and in a word love me. I think like we have, we have, I've expressed love to professors before. And that's one of the reasons I was able to come back from two years overseas and jump right back into a newsroom producing role is because I have a loving relationship with the professors there. Um, so yes, uh, I would say yeah, encouragement from that support network is a huge, huge aspect of it. I should honestly, now that I'm talking about them, I should go contact them more now. I should go call my professor. <laughs> okay. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to You Do What? And as Mark Twain said, the two most important days in your life are the day you were born and the day you find out why. If you enjoyed this podcast, let your friends know about it. And drop us a line if you know someone you think would be really good to have interviewed for this podcast. And keep figuring out the why.